Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us and a big thank you especially to those of you who are watching us live. We got quite the show coming up. Uh, first, we're going to be talking about creepy Uncle Joe Biden. He's been in the news again. Uh, then Richard Dawkins uh, is crapping on nationalism. What I have to say about that. Uh, then in quite scandalous news, a teacher was recently fired after what is it? Topless photos of her were mm -hmm. leaked to the students in her class. And next, we got the height verification April Fool's joke that Tinder tried to pull off. A lot of people weren't happy with that. And we're going to be closing things off very excited uh, with an interview with Blair White, which is going to be happening uh, at about the 40 minute mark. If you guys are looking forward to that, I know I definitely am. And before we get into it, I just want to say if you guys are enjoying the show, you're liking this, make sure you like, share, subscribe helps us out a lot. And if you want to support us financially, uh, remember, we're not on Patreon anymore. So the only way to do that is to go to blazetv.com forward slash Lauren. And uh, yeah, sign up. You get to support this show and you also get a lot of other shows included with that. Exciting stuff. And uh, I think before we go any further, I would also like to say that Today is a special day. One of our viewers, uh, Seth, mm. it's his 11th birthday. Um, his mom has written to us saying, hey, would you mind giving him a shout out? And of course, we'd love to. So thank you, Seth, and your mom for supporting the show and watching. We really, really appreciate it. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. So, uh, so happy you can join us this evening. Um, also, a <laughs> little bit more business before we go on. Today, we're going to be saving all chats super chats questions until the end of the show when we go into the like the after party segment so right. that'll be after the interview with blair you know we're trying to figure out the best way to keep the show moving and interactive but also kind of streamline things yeah, so. it's a little bit clunky if we have all the super chats after every segment and we want to get to all your questions as much as we can right. so we'll save them all for the end the question and answer period after the show yeah so we'll try that this time and uh you know always we, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, but, okay, so Joe Biden. Now, the the whole him touching people thing, I'm sure you guys have seen this, is not new. Um, but it is back in the news again. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen. You probably have. He has the tendency to be very touchy-feely with children. There are a lot of videos of him touching girls' hair, kind of looking mm -hmm. like he's maybe smelling them. Um, I think we have actually a, a, an insert of that. Yeah, so we actually have, well, well, we'll do the video after, but first okay, we'll, sure. we'll give you a breakdown as to um, what exactly is happening right now with the Joe Biden allegations. So here it is. Um, what are the accusations against Biden? Former Nevada Assemblywoman Lucy Flores came forward Friday to allege that in 2014, while she was the Democratic candidate for Nevada's lieutenant governorship, then VP Biden touched her inappropriately at a campaign rally. Before they took to the stage... Flores said he massaged her shoulders, smelled her hair, and kissed her on the back of the head. There's more, though. On Monday, a second woman came forward with a similar story of an unwanted invasive encounter with Biden. Former House aide Amy Lapos told the Hartford Current that at a 2009 fundraiser, Biden had forced her to rub noses with him. Lapos said that the incident wasn't sexual, but that he did grab her by the head. When he was pulling me in, said Lapos, I thought he was going to kiss me on the mouth. Two more women told the New York Times Tuesday of similarly unwanted physical interactions with a politician. Caitlin Caruso said that three years ago, when she was 19, the vice president placed his hand on her thigh and hugged her just a little bit too long. DJ Hill, who met Biden in 2020, 2012, rather, said that 
she was made to feel very uncomfortable when he first put his hand on her shoulder and then began to move it down her back. Yeah. So those are, I think there's four different women who are coming forward saying, hey, Biden acted inappropriately with me. Um, I think it's important to just for clarity's sake, really stress that no one is alleging that he sexually harassed them necessarily, uh, you know, raped them, forced himself on them, anything like that. Right now, the focus is really just on inappropriate behavior, which I think it's kind of fair to say that smelling someone's hair, kissing them on the back, that is inappropriate right he's, he's done that a ton and you could there are there are compilations you could find all over the internet there was actually though recently an ad put forth by an american pack so we'll, we'll show you that right now yeah and actually like there, like i said there's tons of examples of this we're going to show you one video but it, there are other compilations if you uh choose to look them up yourself which i highly recommend by yeah the way. They're, <laughs> they're they're pretty I, I have to pause them and then you know get up and then sit back down <laughs> yeah but here we go here we go Suddenly, very unexpectedly, out of nowhere, I feel Joe Biden put his hands on my shoulders, get up very close to me from behind, lean in, smell my hair, and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. To have the Vice President of the United States do that to me so unexpectedly and just kind of out of nowhere, it was just shocking. It was shocking because you don't expect that kind of intimate behavior to touch you and to feel you and to be so close to you in that way. Now, I just want to say, to be fair, that that ad is obviously very melodramatic. Yeah, the piano. <laughs> yeah, the piano, the... like the just random close-ups of children's faces. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, this is behavior that I think is worth talking about. And obviously, the reason why this is back in the news again is because... Joe Biden is kind of one of the front runners for yeah. who people think might be able to secure the the presidential nominee on the side of the Democrats. Um, and he's the one that has the most support across Democrats right now. Right. So it's him first, and then usually second is Bernie Sanders. Now, um, it's interesting because if you look at who's kind of launching these attacks, it's mostly the the far left. Actually, it's is this is an instance where it's really Democrats who are kind of attacking their own. Um, but the establishment is kind of defending him both on the left and on the right. And actually, if you look at the Washington yeah. Post, they had a, a headline about, what did they call it? His affectionate physical style with women is now raising questions. Um, I'm pretty sure if it were a Republican that were doing this, touching women in this way, they'd be a lot harsher than calling it affectionate physical style. Yeah. Look, is this sexual... I don't know. Like, I would never call him a pedophile just based on this because I don't think there's enough proof of that. I, I agree with that. I think it is inappropriate, though. Yes, I, I really don't think, aside from maybe, like, a handshake or maybe a hug, hello or goodbye, that you should really be touching the people that you meet in a professional setting, like, at all, especially going on touching too, yeah. their hair. So, like, it is weird, but, I mean, part of me is thinking he's old, right? Maybe this is just something older people used to do i don't know older people do weird things sometimes honestly like the more i looked at these con- i was doing research on this and, and guys it's it's this is what i have to do for my job i researched it's a Joe hard, Biden it's a hard touching hard people job, you know yeah. it's pretty it's it's rough but I, I will say that to me it felt a lot about almost power it did look really weird to me because you would see him you could see people visibly uncomfortable yeah like, the, the, like the little girls away. yeah like it's there are videos of him doing this with like 
yeah. I'm not sure, seven-year-old girls, and you can see they look uncomfortable. And their parents look uncomfortable. Everybody's uncomfortable. Everyone's super uncomfortable. And you could see, like, with, with wives, you could see, like, the guys, like, looking at him, like, the husband's <laughs> looking at him, like, what's going on? The son's looking at him, like, and he's just sitting there all happy next it's to her, like smelling her hair. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, but that's, that is what, uh, I forget who it was exactly, but this, this one person on the right actually came to, to defend Biden and say, mm. no, this isn't sexual or anything. This is just politicians when they meet people in person, they try to be like amicable Personal, and yeah. personable. And so part of that is like, you know, having like some physical interaction with people, patting them on the back or whatever. And I can understand that because I didn't consent to that, but <laughs> I'm sorry, please don't me to okay. me. Um, you know, I can understand that. I, I think if you maybe are in a position where you're running for office, you kind of have to like put on a show of being maybe more, I don't know, personable or touchy-feely than you usually yeah. are. But the reason why I don't think that's what's happening here is that I don't see him doing this to men. No. I no, haven't seen I, anything with no, men. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might do some handshakes, but he doesn't. he's not smelling anybody's hair. That's yeah, thing. exactly. Or kissing anybody on the back of the neck. And that's another thing. If this is really just to put on a show and kind of seem like the friendly politician next door, why, why are there reports of him doing this in one-on-one situations? Like the the Flores lady, it, she was just about to go on, up on stage. Yeah. They were alone. There was no one else there. There's mm-hmm. no reason for him to do that. Um, ultimately, do I think this is going to sink Joe Biden's campaign or possible campaign? I don't think so uh, because he's still – like this has been happening for a while. Like he, I mean even when he was VP, people knew about this. The creepy Uncle Joe thing has been around for a while. Yes. Um, Unless more allegations come forward to make it maybe that he's actually assaulting or abusing or harassing people, as it stands, I don't, I don't think this is going to hurt him because it's... But I think it'll make it pretty easy for, for Trump. I, I think that that will be a lot for him to kind of just make fun of, you know? But the I mean, thing. I ordinarily I would say yes, but is uh, Trump, was... with Trump's record in any position to be like lecturing people about how to behave with women? Yeah, grab him by the... By the know, freedom. By, yeah. Grab him by the freedom. Um, I don't know. And I mean, ultimately, I think I mentioned before that the attacks against Biden right now are actually coming from the far left. I think this is a way that some people, particularly people, maybe, uh, you know, the salon HuffPo type intersectional leftists, um, they're trying to, I think, take down the white, straight, cis male front runners. And in order to pave way for someone more intersectional, someone like Kamala Harris, maybe Cory Booker. Just my two cents. Uh, ultimately, though, I, I look forward to the Democratic primaries where we have Beto O'Rourke just standing on his uh, his little podium. We have Biden just touching everybody. Bernie Sanders being old, not knowing what's going on. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm seriously, I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let, let, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Richard Dawkins. You guys probably know him. He's this outspoken atheist. Uh, actually, I think I... Yeah, Richard Dawkins, God Delusion. That's his famous book. Yeah, his famous book. I I read him when I was a teenager. He was what kind of ushered me into my angsty atheist teenage years where I thought I was was a fedora tipper. Right, smarter than everybody. Yeah, because evolution, therefore no God. Simple. Um, But yeah, he... Actually, he recently had a stroke, I think. So, I mean, with all of this, of course... Hope you're doing well health-wise, Richard. Uh, wish you the best. But he said some things I think are very questionable about nationalism. He tweeted that out. Maybe we can just pull that up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right here he says, National pride has evil consequences. Prefer pride in humanity. German pride gave us Hitler. American pride gave us Trump. British pride gave us Brexit. If you must have pride, 
be proud be proud of that homo sapiens could produce a darwin shakespeare mandela einstein beethoven so the first time i i read that tweet i accidentally thought instead of darwin he was saying dawkins like be proud that homo sapiens produced a dawkins and i was thinking that's, wow that's, that's kind of like a stefan moner uh, or maybe even uh, what's that the uh gosh the the black scientist who gets made fun um, of a lot neil for DeGrasse that tyson. neil degrasse tyson yeah, yeah he's yeah. on like our i am very smart a lot yes. um but no so he 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 obviously is taking a pretty hard stance here against nationalism specifically national pride and i just i gotta put this out there no matter what your views are on nationalism whether you're for or against i think it's a pretty big mistake to mention hitler in the same breath as trump and brexit yeah. if we're talking about bad things well hitler was definitely ethno-nationalism even world war one germany was still ethno-national right right there's a there's there is a lot of differences there's but, a lot of nuance in between what he just said yeah i mean it's yeah. like yeah hitler brexit same problem. No. Okay. So, and the the issue here is, and we've done a video about nationalism before, and, uh, you know, obviously this is a, a topic people have a lot of feelings about ever since Trump came out and said that he was a nationalist. And the yeah. thing is, nationalism is just having pride and belief in your country and putting your country first. It's It's not necessarily putting your country first at the expense and detriment of other countries, which is why I no. think a lot of people have a negative view about it. Because mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they view international relations or really any sort of domestic or international policies as a zero-sum game, which is that if it's best for us, then we must be hurting someone else, which right. is not the case. Not it, is, it is sometimes the case. Uh, but to me, being a nationalist just means, you know, it, as Trump says, America first or Canada first or Britain first, which yeah. honestly, I think especially if you are a head of state, you should absolutely be putting the interests of your citizens and your nation first when making any type of decision. That doesn't mean you say, all right, well, screw all these other countries. I guess we can just start bombing them and raiding their resources. No, that's a different issue entirely. Um, but it does mean like, for example, maybe with an issue like immigration, that you put the interests of the citizen citizenry first, if if there is such yeah. a thing where you know it, it's a it's a pick and choose thing. Um, I I think that one of the important things also is that nationalism promotes healthy competition between nations. Right. right? Like I think that without nationalism, America would never have gone to the moon. Right. right. The only reason they went to the moon because Russia said, "I'm going to the moon," and they were and like, like, "No, me first. Let's right. spend a lot of money on this." So I, I, yeah, I think that without nationalism, you'd probably have a lot more stagnation between countries and, yeah. and just a lot less development. And I kind of see nationalism almost like the way we view our families. Obviously, every person should think that their wife or husband or children are the best. You should. Like, if you don't think that, there's there's something wrong there. I, I, I view this as the same thing with nationalism. I think there is something wrong if you're not proud of your country, right? I mean, not to say that you have to think your country is perfect, but there yeah. should be something about your country, your fellow citizens, not necessarily your government, because governments can make mistakes and, and, you know, you can mm -hmm. not like the president or whatever, but you should have something about your country that you are proud of, that you think is worth preserving. Because if you're not a nationalist, then it kind of leaves the door open to not having any interest in protecting your country. And unfortunately, if we take a look at Europe, where nationalism has really been beaten out of the people there because of, unfortunately, what happened with World War II, a lot of people have conflated any type of nationalism with ethno-nationalism yeah. or or an aggressive sort of expansionist nationalism, which is mm -hmm. not necessarily the case. Um, we see 
policies being implemented, like, you know, immigration policies where it's just, yeah, everyone come in because we want to do what's best for you guys, even if that if that's at the expense of us. And I mean, I understand that that's kind of coming from an altruistic standpoint. But to me, nationalism isn't a lack of altruism. It's just showing altruism toward your fellow countrymen, which I think is something that we we really need now. Um, but, you know, Richard Dawkins, this isn't He's not the only one who's hating on nationalism right now. Uh, in a kind of a similar thing, Sadiq Khan, who obviously is the mayor of London, uh, he released this tweet, which I, it came with a video. I don't know if we're going to show that. Mm, I don't think I don't we think need it's to. Worth yeah. It. Um, so we have it up, pulled up on an insert. He says, We are stronger because of our diversity, not in spite of it. Nothing will change that. Hashtag London is open. Retweet if you agree. Um, now, diversity is often something that comes up when we're talking about nationalism. Yeah. And uh, like, let me let me just get this straight right now. Nationalism is not necessarily ethno nationalism, right? Or white nationalism. So it's not opposed to diversity. It's not opposed to diversity, necessarily, no, necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, diversity is not a virtue in and of itself. I agree. Um, you you can't say that the best thing about us is that we are different from each other. Hmm. Because that's not a strength. Now, it's not necessarily a weakness, depending on how those differences yeah. are are dealt with, and you know, if if the differences merely reflect different skin color, but you share values, if yeah, we complement each other in you, certain ways that help us work together. That's exactly. Great. Then that's you know, great. I'm I'm not against diversity, but it's just in and of itself, it's not a strength. Unity is a strength. Yeah, that's what Bernie said. I like I like that. I like yeah. that a lot, and it's it's so <clears throat> true. And you know, here here in Canada, I mean, Canada, we're we're a melting pot. That's great. You can come here and be Canadian. But the thing is, if you're coming here, it is because you want to adopt our values, right? And that's what nationalism is about for for the strength of the country first. Mm. And it's just, I don't know, to me, seeing someone who's actually influential in politics, like Sadiq Khan, kind of just embrace diversity at the expense of things like nationalism, it kind of is upsetting. And even the Richard Dawkins tweet that got a lot of a lot of likes a lot of retweets um and it it frustrates me that he kind of holds it in like nationalism in contrast to pride and humanity because those those two things aren't in contrast i can be proud to be a canadian and want what's best for canada and still appreciate that as a human shakespeare was great so i I don't even kind of know what he was trying to say there yeah and i think without striving towards some kind of unity i don't know how we can even live together peacefully you know, like, what is what is the advantage of having immigrants come to America if they're there to hate America or something yeah. like that, right? So that that's, I think nationalism is is a great unifier for the people of your country that, that actually makes it so that diversity can exist because you unite around your... Shared values, values, right? Because right? otherwise, if you all look different and if you all believe different things and if you all speak different languages, which is what the, uh, the video that Sadiq Khan tweeted out, it was everyone saying like London is open in different languages or something like that. Yeah. Um, then literally what holds you together? N- absolutely nothing. Mm. Then you just splinter off into all these different factions. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's what we're kind of seeing in places like London. There's nothing, there's nothing holding them together. And it's, uh, I don't think it's going to end well. Uh, and before we move on, uh, we have a message from our sponsors. It's the movie Unplanned. Uh, this is currently out in theaters. I encourage you guys to go see it. Basically, if you're not familiar with it, it tells the story of Abby Johnson, who was a real person. Uh, she was a huge proponent of abortion rights. She worked at a Planned Parenthood clinic. She was actually the director. And not only that, but she had two abortions herself. Clearly, 
big proponent for uh, the pro-choice lobby. Um, but what's interesting about her story is that one day she was called in to assist with an abortion and what she witnessed there really just completely changed her perspective on the issue. And since then, she's kind of pivoted and tried to raise more awareness about what the abortion industry actually looks like from an insider's perspective. So that's what this movie is about. Um, it's in theaters now, like I said before. If you want to check it out, you can go to unplannedfilm.com. But there has been some controversy surrounding the film's rating. It, it does have an R rating from the MPAA, which a lot of people say is not due to the content of the film, but rather they're they're trying to dissuade perhaps maybe a Christian audience from going to go see it if they try to stay away from those R-rated movies. And unfortunately, that R rating also makes it harder for teens to go see the movie. And, you know, they're they're exactly the people who need to see this film to know more about the realities of abortion. Um, so far, everyone who's seen it, it's it's had great reviews so far. I think it's number four, the box office right now, which was a, a huge shock to a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, if you want to go check that out, it's unplannedfilm.com. All right. So <laughs> the next, the next story, uh, you actually sent me this. I was not aware yeah. of this before. It's one of those ones where it's like, my, my, this is rather scandalous. Uh, recently a middle school teacher, I think she's in middle school, was fired over a topless photo of her being leaked to students. She's not, she didn't send it to a student, uh, but it nonetheless found its way into the hands of students. And we actually have a clip there to explain it. Laura Miranda says she has absolutely no idea how a student got a hold of this picture. She said she had texted it to a boyfriend within the South Country Central School District when they were together. Uh, that was quite some time ago. She's saying that the school district violated her rights as a woman. What is wrong with my image? It's my breast, it's my chest, it's my body. It's something that should be celebrated. 25-year-old Lauren Miranda says she has no regrets about taking this topless picture in the privacy of her bedroom a few years ago. What does concern her is how the picture was obtained by a student at Bellport Middle School where Miranda was a math teacher since 2015. She was fired last week. She says the superintendent of the South Country School District told her she could no longer be a role model for the students. Miranda wants her job back or she's planning to sue the school district for $3 million for gender discrimination, saying her rights as a woman have been violated. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's quite the story. I think we can all agree we're glad we're not that teacher, uh, you know, having a bunch of middle school boys. See, see you naked. That's probably not ideal. Um, so a lot of people are upset that this teacher was fired because, mm. and again, I want to stress this, it's not a situation where she was sending nudes to a student, which we would all agree would be morally repugnant. Um, this was something that was sent to a boyfriend and that I think they say somehow found its way uh, to the hands of other people. I think the boyfriend probably well, leaked it. Ex-boyfriend. Or sorry, yeah, ex-boyfriend probably yeah. leaked it. Um, this kind of raises... Again, the... we don't know that. but Yeah, we and, don't know that, but... And he still works there, by the way. He still works for that same school district. Yeah. So. Uh, but this raises the question... Like, was this teacher do, did she do anything wrong? Um, does a teacher, because they work with kids, have to have every aspect of their life be PG-13? That's, that's a hard thing to answer because, again, she did this in her private life. She had no intention of this being shared with her students, um, but she still got fired for it. I, I don't really know. I mean, I don't know the answer to this, but 
personally, if it if I were in the situation, I probably would have just opted to relocate her rather than fire her entirely, especially if yeah. she before this had never had any history of doing anything wrong with the yeah. students. She apparently had done very well there. And just this was just before she was getting her tenure. basically. Yeah. So that's why they got rid of her. Um, I think the only reason that you can possibly have for being angry at the teacher is saying that all nude images are wrong, which is a fairly conservative argument. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that ultimately, though, you still have to be very careful with your data, right? We're yeah, that's, that I mean, that's the bottom line of this story. Uh, the cloud is not as secure as people would maybe like to think it is. But what I will say, even though I support this teacher, I guess, morally, I don't think she deserves to be fired for this. I definitely wouldn't want to stay at that school if I were her, but... Yeah, I don't, or, if, or if, you know, you were the parents of the students going there. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's to, just an awkward situation. Yeah. I would want to move. But I didn't like her reasoning for why she was in the right, that I, this is yeah. sexist or there's nothing wrong with those images. Because, look, you can say that you are totally in the right to take those images of yourself, but you cannot deny that they were of a sexual nature, right? right? That's yeah. why you were sending them to your boyfriend at the time, which is, you know what, you're an adult, do your whatever, you know, your private life, but you can't really say, oh, it's just discrimination against me because I'm a woman. Yeah. That's like kind of out of left field. I'm thinking that that is probably just the route that they're taking so that they could have a lawsuit of gender discrimination. Yeah. Because right? they could say, well, a male teacher could go to the beach with his top off and she can't take a private. So it might just be legalese. So, yeah. So but I mean, if they do go that route, they're kind of opening yes. themselves to, all right, well, now does North America have to ha kind of have this debate all over again about the whole free the nipple thing, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is like its own, it, its own thing. Um, but what I thought was interesting is that, so you shared that story with me. I hadn't heard of it before, but there's also another instance where it was sort of similar. Um, there was one teacher who she didn't send a nude to a student, which would be the worst mm -hmm. thing, but uh, we, we have the headline pulled up now. Um, she lost her job after a student went into her purse, took her phone and then, shared nude images that he found on her phone yeah um and then she ended up getting fired so i mean again here's a, a woman who and actually i think those images were meant for her husband right so it's like again like are we really going to say that this woman is in the wrong for wanting to give her husband this valentine's day present i mean that's a whole other conversation but i i do feel like it's wrong to punish the teacher in that instance when the yeah. student clearly violated her privacy and again like this is an instance where we don't know for sure who leaked the other teacher's photos, but this high school kid absolutely knew what he was yep. doing. And I think in, in that article, they actually mentioned that there are some charges that might be brought against that student. Uh, I think in that case, the principal actually alleges that the teacher wasn't fired because of yes. the photos. It was because she left the students unattended for four minutes, which kind of sounds like BS to me. But I don't know. That's... Uh, it's a hard situation when there's like, you know, pornographic images of yourself and your students in, in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I can understand that you just cannot be teaching those students anymore. Yeah, definitely not right. those ones for sure. But regardless of if it's your fault or not, when you have nude images on the Internet, you have to be super, super safe. Right. Like we see it all the time, especially if celebrities, you know. But... Yeah, that's happened several times with celebrities. And I mean, that's. That kind of brings us into the question of like revenge porn laws. Uh, so I don't know if you guys are familiar with the concept of revenge porn, but it's it's happened before when a couple might break up and then in retaliation, 
one of them posts nude images that they had been sent during the relationship in order to get back at that person. And states are actually taking legal action against that. There actually are revenge porn laws preventing people from doing that. Mm. Um, so that kind of enforces the idea that it's not, you're not at fault if the images that you shared in confidence with someone get leaked. It kind of seems like it's a different route than the school board is taking. Yeah. Um, anyway, just a, a little bit of an interesting thing there. Uh, next story we have height verification on Tinder. Um, height of what? <laughs> okay. Very good. So this was posted. Are we going to do the video first? Um, yeah. You know what? Let's do that. Okay. Um, so this video was posted by Tinder on social media. I think it was March 29th. So it's an important date to keep in mind. Uh, let's, uh, let's play that now. Yeah, so that video was posted to their social media accounts. And as you can probably imagine, people were not pleased. A lot of guys were understandably upset. Not just even guys, but a lot of people mm. were understandably upset about that. And a lot of people were saying, would you do this with weight? Uh, because that's kind of what people like to bring up. Because women, honestly, we are we are choosy when it comes to height. And a lot yeah. of girls when it comes to these dating apps, they're not shy to just ask guys straight up, what's your height? Uh, and there have been some like screenshotted conversations that have been shared around where the guy then turns it on them and says, okay, well, what do you weigh? And then the girl will get all offended. Uh, but yeah, it, as it turns out, Tinder is not adding a height verification. I don't mm. even know how that would work. How do you verify height? Would well, you it's the third time you enter it in that it's true. Yeah, right? of course. Ad, you so. lie twice, but then you can't lie a third time. That's and, how and humans if you were, work. We're paying attention to... There was no five foot ten or five foot eleven option. Yeah, it was just f five nine and then or six, six foot. foot. Uh, yeah, and I think the reasoning behind that is they said that people round up anyway, which is true. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, that 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 actually was an April Fool's joke, which like I'm kind of on April first. If people post stuff, I don't believe anything. I don't believe any breaking news that happens on April first. But that was posted. Was it March 29th or something? So they were like ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people did assume that this was real and it didn't make the upset any any less big um but even with this being a joke i think it's important to recognize that they would never make a joke about this about weight like right. there is still that huge or, double standard or photo age verification yes right that's that's another big one we have a photo of you three years ago that you put on these dating sites mm -hmm. where you, you got a little bit different you got catfished once on a date I you did were, twice, yeah actually technically yeah. Uh, yeah. You show up and you're like, oh, and then you feel, you feel bad. Like, like, because you're like, well, I'm a shallow person, I guess, because I don't find you attractive. You know, like you, you, you actually feel bad about it. It's like the worst. Yeah. So. Um, cause that, like on that video, they made a point to say, let's keep dating on it or yeah, let's keep dating honest. Yeah. Uh, which is true. Cause I mean, maybe guys will lie about their height, but girls will absolutely, I've seen it myself post photos where they 
look skinnier, whatever. Um, yeah, so I think there is this double standard there. Uh, do you think it's fair for guys to compare girls' weights to their heights? Because I've seen girls say that, no, it's not fair because your, your weight can change yeah. and your weight can look different depending on how you carry it. Therefore, it's okay for them to not tell you their weight, but you should still tell them your height. I just think that you should be as honest as possible on both ends, you know? Yeah. You probably shouldn't lie about your height. You probably shouldn't lie about your weight. Yeah, because, like, uh, what's what's the long con? Like, they're yeah. going to meet you eventually. They're going to see what you look like. Maybe the the thought process is they'll be so into your personality by then that they won't care. Yeah. Or, like, I don't, I don't know, like, are you trying to trick someone into being your significant other, your boyfriend? That's the basis of many great, strong relationships. I do think many guys, though, are just plainly delusional about their height. Yeah. Like, it's not just, like, because you can't just, like, look at a scale that you stand on. It gives you a weight. You know, height is a little bit harder to measure. Well, I mean, it's they, a little bit more you can just like go and measure your yeah, height. You but can, a lot of, but... a lot of people, they, they got measured maybe once during their application for the driver's license. If that, for me, they just asked. Yeah, they, they didn't asked even, how tall I was. yeah, they didn't even verify. So I feel like there is a lot of fudging. I'm 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just so you know. I, I, I get this all the time when I meet people in, in person. They think I'm shorter than I actually am. I don't know if it's because like the Asian thing, but I'm actually 5'7". And I verified that. Not long ago, when I was at the science museum, because they had a little mm. a thing, so I am I am above average height. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people were upset, and actually, we have a a clip or an insert from what is it, the Mary Sue? Yes. Yeah, naturally, men took Tinder's height verification April Fool's joke too seriously. So this is kind of like a feminist rag. They're pretty mainstream, but they were they were laughing at how men were offended by this while also being mad that men would dare joke about the whole weight issue thing. And it just kind of enforces the idea that there's a huge double standard. And look, I, I think you have the right to be attracted to whoever you're attracted to. Like if you are a woman and you have a, a thing where you only want guys six foot or above, that's fine. You mm -hmm. have the right to have that whatever, but you can't, on the other hand, be mad when guys enforce the same kind of thinking when it comes to the way you look, I guess, is the moral of the story. Um, but I think with that, we are, we're going to get Blair ready for our interview, and we will be back in just a second. And... No, no worries. I'll Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I actually have interviewed you before, but it was a while ago and it didn't go out on YouTube. So I think for a lot of people, this is like the first time we're doing something together, which is pretty cool. Uh, you are obviously yeah. this like YouTube phenomenon. You've got this huge channel. If anyone's Thank not you. subscribed to you yet, you can, they can check it out. Blair White on YouTube. Um, you also have another YouTube channel, Blair Black, where you do kind of more fun vlogger stuff. Also some beauty videos, which I really liked. So everyone check those out. But the reason why I wanted to have you come on 
today is because you recently found yourself in a little bit of controversy, which is so strange as someone who's met you because you're like the sweetest person ever. But uh, oh, you, thank were, you. <laughs> you were supposed to do an event in New York City with the, I guess, hashtag walk away movement uh, with Brandon Straka, who we've also interviewed before on the show. And if if I'm right about this, the original venue you were supposed to be in ended up canceling or like kicking you out. Would you mind telling us a bit about what happened with that? Yes. So I signed on to do an event with Walkaway, like you said. It is a hashtag movement dedicated toward rethinking the Democratic Party. Um, and it's usually aimed towards minority groups that feel like, um, you know, they're, I hate the word slaves, but they are tied to the Democratic Party, usually LGBT people, black people, etc. And I thought it was cool. I thought it aligned with what a lot of uh, my viewership considered themselves to be, which is, you know, LGBT people who feel that they can't necessarily be honest about their political views because maybe they aren't leftists and there is this overwhelming pressure in the LGBT community to be a leftist, basically. So I thought it was really cool. I signed on and eventually we, um, or not eventually, the venue was going to be the LGBT Center in New York City. So for those of you who don't know, the LGBT Center is government funded. It is um, a place basically for resources for the community. I personally went there when I was younger and started my transition. Uh, and eventually, once I signed on to basically do the event, a lot of bad press started rolling in. Out Magazine wrote an article saying that we were making the venue unsafe and we were bad people. We shouldn't do it. There was a few more articles and there was a campaign, a campaign on Twitter. And... Um, you know, I knew when that happened that the LGBT Center had a choice to either continue to host us or fold, basically, and unfortunately they folded. And so the event was um, temporarily canceled. We had to find a new venue, which we eventually did. Uh, but yeah, they caved into the pressure of the social justice mob for sure. You know, I, I don't want to brand you as a trans YouTuber because your channel is about so much more um, than you being trans. You talk about all sorts of social and political issues. Uh, but at the end of the day, that is, I guess, part of who you are. You've done a lot of videos about it before. And what I've noticed watching your videos is that you're you're definitely not someone, you know, you've made videos about how there are two genders, et cetera, et cetera. But watching you, I've never felt that you've in any way tried to make trans or any other LGBT people unsafe. Um, so I, I mean, obviously these people, when, when all of these like backlash movements form, there's not a lot of coherence, but were any yeah. specific instances mentioned about why you're such a bad person or how you make a, a venue unsafe? Because like you said, because this LGBT center is government funded, it kind of seems like mainstream political views such as yours, uh, despite what people say, you're not an extremist should kind of be welcomed for something that like your supporters' taxpayer dollars are going toward funding. Yeah, I think the ironic part is that if you do watch my videos, you understand that I'm really just a quite mainstream Republican person. Yeah. I'm not an extremist. But if you listen to what people have to say on Twitter um, and on bashing sites, then of course I'm an extremist. Of course I'm going to make the place unsafe. Um, there wasn't really a lot of logic behind what they were saying. One of the things they were bringing up was that I made this hand gesture in a picture years ago, which we all know. Oh my gosh, the is dreaded the white supremacist. <laughs> it's the universal okay sign, which it has been deemed that since forever. Yeah. Until 2018 when there was that article saying it was a white supremacist signal. Um, they brought up that I made a comedy video entitled um, Living as a Man for the Day, where I dressed up as a boy and like tried to live as a man, which is a funny video, not political at all. Um, they said that that was harmful. It's just, it's upsetting. One of the things I tweeted to the LGBT center was that if you guys aren't willing to house, 
you know, speakers that are LGBT and Republican or right-leaning or conservative, or even just questioning the Democratic Party, because not everyone that came to our event, um, which ended up being sold out, uh, was even Republican. A lot right. of them were just interested. Um, and if you're not willing to do that, then you're not really the LGBT center. You're really the liberal LGBT center, which, I mean, if that's what you're trying to be, then just change your name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was a little bit upsetting to know that, like, an organization that I actually appreciated in the past and that really helped me when I was younger, fast forward a few years later, is releasing lies about me and canceling my event. Yeah, and but, I... Such is the life of being on YouTube, I guess. <laughs> I've kind of noticed that if you're someone who, and I'm not even going to say conservative because you don't need to be conservative for this to happen to you. It's just kind of if you're someone who speaks out against the sort of far left identitarianism and you happen to be some characteristic that they feel they have dibs on, like you happen to be part of the LGBT community or black or female, they go after you in a much more vicious way than if you were just like the average cis, white, whatever man. Um, And something that I hear all the time when I I talk about things like race issues is that like, I don't count. Um, So like, I'm sure you've probably heard that you you don't count as being actually trans or whatever, like probably because you have passing privilege and stuff like that. And I don't mean to sound like some I don't know, like shrink or anything. Ooh, how does that make you feel? But like legit, how does that make you feel? Because I mean, you know, being biracial isn't a huge part of who I am. I don't like to think that it defines my beliefs or anything, but at the same time, it's not something that I can just choose to erase. It's it's part of me, it's who I am. So to be told that your identity is invalidated because you don't agree with this certain ideology, I mean, I don't know another word to describe that aside from marginalizing, frankly. Absolutely. Um, You know how like black people get called Uncle Tom's when they're not liberal all the time. I think what I get called, what do they call me? They call me like an Aunt Becky or something. Oh my gosh. I get called an Uncle Chan, which I thought was hilarious, but Aunt Becky is also good. That's hilarious. But it's so funny because whenever I go out, I almost always have someone coming up, whether they're from the LGBT community or what, saying like, like in a like secretive, like dirty little secret way, like, hey, I really love your channel, blah, blah, blah. I've had people go up to Joey while while I was in the bathroom at a restaurant and say, hey, I saw you were with Blair. I really love her channel. Tell her I said that, but I don't want to be seen with her. It's just so funny. You know, it, it really is this very, very vocal minority that have so much power because they're just heard more that are deeming what is controversial, what is extreme, what is not. Um, so there were protesters that showed up at the event, which... Like he said, you've met me, you know, I'm not like yeah. a super like crazy like fighter or anything like that. But I I wanted to maybe not confront them, but just go talk to them. So they were across the street and um, my supporters were lined up around the block across the street. And I was worried for them, first of all, because I had security, but they didn't. So I was mm-hmm. really freaked out. Um, so I went up to these protesters. They were wearing masks. They were Antifa. Um and I was like, do you guys want to talk? And they were in the midst of screaming. And I kept having to say, do you guys want to talk? Do you guys want to talk? It was almost in unison with them screaming, whatever they were screaming. And they were like, no. And I was like, why? If you guys are here just to scream, or do you want to like maybe like make some progress and talk about things? And they said, no, you're trash. It's it it literally is that if you're if you're trans, if you're a minority and you, you know, think away from what the mob wants you to think, you are treated worse. You are treated like a traitor. They see you as a traitor. They expect every, like, you know, cis white man to be a Republican. In fact, if they aren't, they still treat them badly. (laughs) Um, But if you're a minority like you or I, then it's it's this traitor status. Mm -hmm. 
And that's, I don't know, to me, it's kind of disappointing because it's like you said, if you actually are for trans rights or rights for POC, then yeah, you're not necessarily going to agree with everything that every single trans person says, but at the very least, you should maybe try not deplatforming them. Like, how can you really say that you're for a group when you're really, you're only for a group when they agree with you, which is like, everybody is for people who agrees with them. That doesn't make you tolerant. That just makes you like, even like the the worst hypocrite or the worst person in the world would still like be nice to someone who agrees with them. But, um, you know, when I tweeted out that I was going to have you on my show, a lot of people did say that they appreciated your videos because you were part of that journey for them. And a lot of people were also wondering how you how you view the whole trans athlete issue because uh, that's something that we've seen come up a lot in the news different events uh, now it's actually come to the point where um different governing bodies for sports events and even potentially u.s congress they're planning on taking action to do something how do you view that because that's not the easiest thing to talk about if you want to you know be true to biology but also you know be fair and compassionate toward people who are trans so how, how do you kind of navigate that yeah, I think a lot of people have trouble navigating, like you said, the compassion and the biological reality aspect. Yeah, I think in terms of sports, and when you are, you know, first of all, I'm not an athletic person. I don't know a lot about sports. So when it comes to rules and regulations, don't ask me. <laughs> However, I will say it doesn't take someone who's extremely knowledgeable about sports and athleticism to know that, like, if you transition at 30 and then you join a football team, like, yeah, a powder puff football team. You know what I mean? It's not going to be the same as if you were a biological woman. I think that in terms of, for example, say a trans woman is joining a female only team. I think one of the best things to do is to look at how early that person transitioned, because even though I have made it so clear in the past, I think we talked about it last time, that I don't support children transitioning. That mm-hmm. doesn't change the fact that they do. And so I think if you transition before puberty, you're going to develop completely as a normal female. And so I think that's fine. But I think any later than that, I think that, um, and it's a hard thing to say, I think that possibly the best answer is having separate leagues for trans people. Um, I know that that's not always the most popular opinion because you get the whole like separate but not equal thing. Mm-hmm. But in reality, if you're talking about physicality, there isn't really equality. So I kind of throw the equality thing out the window, if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I've, I've heard people on Twitter suggest the same thing. And that's kind of where I lean towards because you know, on, on the one hand, you don't want to say trans athletes, I'm sorry, you just can't compete ever because, I mean, that that sucks. But on the other, um, especially when you have, it's maybe not as big of a deal when you're talking about female to male athletes, uh, but definitely when it's male to female, you end up with cases, uh, I think the most publicized one where it's like the MMA fighter, I forget her name exactly, but, you know, she was just dominating. I think her name's Fallon Fox or something. Yes, yes, you're right. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of the, the case people like to point to when we're like, maybe we should do something about this. Um, but I, aside from that, a lot of people were also kind of curious as to your views on different social issues, because like you said, you're kind of, you know, Republican, conservative. Um, but a lot of people were wondering if uh, you're you're socially liberal on things like abortion was something that someone specifically asked. And that's like not at all a smooth transition to a totally different topic, but there you go. In terms of abortion, I think that the easiest way to pronounce my stance on it on such a nuanced issue yeah. since I am pro-life with the exception of rape and incest I think that's where I kind of comfortably fall um I think abortion is incredibly gruesome incredibly awful and I think that it's really important to try to have the baby even to get up give it up for adoption um but I also think that in terms of like a young girl being raped or a young girl being a victim of incest 
who am I to sit here in judgment of that person who wishes to terminate that pain early on? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Never late term and with the exception of rape and incest, I think is where I fall. Yeah, and it's funny because I... We, we've done a couple of videos about abortion and we've, we've looked at what the breakdown in terms of like people who support uh, some abortion restrictions versus none, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's pretty mixed of people who identify as pro-life versus pro-choice. But uh, when it comes to late term abortion, it's almost universally people are like, no, which is funny because looking at the way the conversation is going right now, you would think that that wasn't the case when you have um, laws like New York and Virginia kind of maybe even saying up until the minute the child is born that you can yeah. just go for it. I think that's what creates a lot of the people who kind of like to act like this issue is very black and white. I think that a lot of conservatives um, are fearful that they don't even want to say, you know, with the exception of rape and incest, because they feel like it's a slippery slope to then, like you just mentioned, right. then it becomes like, okay, then late term now. I feel like it's this constant... Um, tug of war on like how much you can do when you can do it. And um, it's also one of those issues that I could never put myself in the shoe of a woman who has made that decision. Um, it's really complicated for me personally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's really interesting to hear you voice that opinion because obviously as someone who's like, you know, in your demographic, you're young, you're female, that's not the, the usual viewpoint that most people have. So how do you think you, I mean, your views were shaped in such a way and that's it sounds like such a cheesy question and I get asked it too and I never know how to respond but I'm going to go ahead and ask it to you like how how did you find yourself with like pretty conservative views in a time where conservatism as you know firsthand is such a controversial thing to adhere to well I think that I got to an age around age 20 where I saw how a lot of things that I had previously believed and just bought into automatically because I was trans or LGBT at the time, I bought into it automatically. And when I got a little older, I became an adult. I started having to pay bills. Mm -hmm. I started having to support myself. I started going to college and hearing different professors who, I mean, anyone who goes to college in this day and age knows that like, it's very hard to find a professor who isn't like outwardly, adamantly very liberal. And that was my experience as well. So I would go into gender studies classes, which were mandatory at the time for me. And I would be like, what is going on? Like, why are we talking about, you know, how there's more than two genders? Why are we talking about, you know, all these aspects of liberalism that I had previously bought into, but hearing them out loud from someone who was very militant about it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to question it. What happened was I made my first YouTube video feeling like I couldn't express any of my views at college. Overnight, that kind of didn't like take off dramatically, but it took off to the point where I was like, okay, there's something here. Mm-hmm. And from there, I feel like I've kind of just, over the course of watching um, the political landscape shape more and more in the era of Trump and now in the middle of the Trump presidency, I feel like I've just moved more right. And I also grew up with a liberal mother and a conservative father. And I never really got a lot of the conservative values my dad taught until I was again, older and had to pay bills. So it was kind of just getting older, I guess, and, and just learning more about life. And it's so it's so funny that you mentioned that because like, there's that saying that, gosh, what is it if you're, if you're a conservative, when you're 30, then like you have no heart. And if you're a liberal, when you're 40, you have no brain, or, you know, which is obviously, it's like, it's not very nice to either side. But it it does kind of speak to a truth that, you know, younger people tend to be more liberal, older people tend to be more conservative. And, you know, there's a, when Trump won, there was a lot of like, 
crying, screeching, and a lot of people saying that it's okay because, you know, when when us younger people, millennials, when we're fi finally running the world, like, we'll be able to do things different because, you know, Trump lost spectacularly among among young people. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is that, okay, by the time you guys are older, you're probably going to be more conservative. <laughs> like, it's you're not, you're not going to still have the same opinions that you do because people change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it really was just getting older. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you mentioned uh, encountering these views in college and kind of being a little bit, um, I don't know, of an outsider policy wise when it comes to social circles. You live in California. Do, do you think that it's it's a case where more conservatives just need to speak up more in places like academia and maybe liberal strongholds like Hollywood? Or do you think it's maybe not worth the political back backlash if you're not a, a commentator? How do you view that? Because that's something I get asked a lot too, uh, by maybe college students who want to speak up but feel like they don't want to risk their grade or their social life. But at the same time, how can we begin to normalize conservative again, conservatism again if everyone's too scared to say anything? It's, it's a hard situation. That's what I think about a lot, because I feel like um, even bringing it back to the events I did last week in New York City, the fact that we had to like lose out on our venue and then we weren't able to announce the address until a day before because we were so worried it was going to get shut down. And then we had to have police and there was protesters. It felt like this dirty thing we were doing, just talking about mainstream like Republican beliefs. And it, it struck me. I was like, I cannot believe that we're being treated as if like, what we're saying is just so like shifty and has to yeah. be done in the dark. But I get it because it really does stem from places like college. I think you and I both have um, some young viewership, people mm -hmm. in college, millennials, et cetera. And that's something I get a lot, which is like, how do I be honest in college when I have this professor telling me this and, you know, I don't want to lose my grade. And I to that, I would say, I don't know. I wish I had an answer because I remember when I was in college, I had to do a, for one of my classes, I think it was a... Um, I forget what class, but I had to do a BuzzFeed quiz as an assignment. And the, oh, bu geez. the BuzzFeed quiz was um, determine how racist you were. And I remember thinking that was before I kind of had like my YouTube channel and was like where I am now politically. But even back then I was thinking like, is my professor really making me do a quiz on how racist I am? Like, I'm not racist. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead of doing the quiz, I actually wrote an entire paper on how the quiz was unscientific, how it had no merit and how it made no sense. Um, and I thought it was written wonderfully, <laughs> uh, but I failed the class. So, and that's a predicament that a lot of people our age that are in college fall into. It's like fail the class or be honest about my beliefs. And to that, I say like, you really do have to try to ride a line because the only way to really affect change and to normalize the types of beliefs is to have power later in life. So if you're flunking out of school because you're going against your professors every day, I don't think that's really the smartest thing for your future. But I completely understand like the, the, the mental pain of just having to hear the dribble and just not be able to shoot it right back. Um, yeah, I wish yeah. there was an easier answer. Yeah, and I so I graduated. It's going to be, gosh, it's like going on four years now, or no, going four going on five years now. Oh my gosh, I feel ancient. Um, and so I remember being, I went to USC my freshman year. So Southern California, um, taking political science. So obviously like my professor was a self-avowed Marxist. Like I'm not trying to slander him. That's of course what he admitted himself. And I remember when we were, it was, we were actually going over the communist manifesto. It was in my comparative politics class. And 
back then I think it was different because I remember that I mean obviously I knew that my professor had his way of of thinking but I didn't feel like kind of pushing back was gonna spark protests or make me fail my grade but I've been to college campuses to speak and you know I've listened to students since then and obviously there have been a couple of viral videos where professors have really been going off on things like Trump or Republicans and I feel like it's gotten so much worse in the time that I've been gone that I yes I mean I don't even know what I would do in that situation because I'm a person like, you know, Asian father. I care a lot about my grades. I <laughs> I was such a goody two-shoes in school. Um, but at the same time, I have a lot of opinions that I have trouble keeping to myself, obviously. So it's like I don't even know what I would do in that situation. And I'm kind of lucky enough where I didn't have to encounter that full on myself. But, you know, thank you so, so much for coming on and continuing to speak out about the issues that you do even if there is backlash to it uh, you mentioned that you had security for your last event I'm glad that you do that because unfortunately you can never be too careful in this day and age um, you know aside from your YouTube channel where can people find you if they want to keep up with your stuff you can definitely follow me on Instagram I'm currently trying to hit 200,000 followers so hit me up there um, I'm MS Blair White on everything Ms. Blair White um, and other than that just Google me I guess yeah. Okay. And just like, since you mentioned Instagram, I was putting together the thumbnail for this, like for this interview. And obviously like it's being broadcast, like before it actually happens and we filmed it everything. So I had to use just stock photos of you. Um, dang girl, like you look like a model and everyone. And then I'm trying to find a picture of me that makes me look less like a potato in comparison. And it's kind of like, well, all right, that's, uh, I guess that's how we're going to play things then. <laughs> Oh, stop. No, Instagram is for posting the, the best of the best. You know, it's not candid. So. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I, I've tried to post photos with like Liam on it before. And he's complained that I'm taking too many. And it's like, you don't understand. Like Instagram is like, we're talking, we take 200, we maybe choose one sort of thing, yeah, guys. Absolutely. Just, they don't it's get a it. whole photo shoot. Exactly. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. And I would love to talk to you again soon sometime. Yeah, thanks so, so much for having me. Bye. So that's it for the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And if you are watching us live, then be sure to not go anywhere. Stay on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds with some more Q&A. But aside from that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.